Uh, it's so good to be with you. I'm Jose, and uh, this is our first, first Sunday gathering, first Sunday of every month in the summer, June, July, August, September. We get together uh, at one time, so thank you for coming. It's our family get-together. There's a food uh, me- a meal being prepared for you right now, so if you're just stopping by or, or visiting friends or family for the holiday weekend, thank you for showing up this morning. A full meal is awaiting you. Don't feel like you have to go out. Although if you do go out, tip big, right? It's a holiday weekend. People are working hard. But we've prepared uh, some pulled pork and burgers and hot dogs and chips and drinks. And, and I got my, my good man Give me the double thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, uh, one little side thing, and we're going to open uh, the scriptures. If you have a Bible, go to Proverbs. It's to- sort of in the middle of your Bible. Go to Proverbs chapter 22. Uh, students who are usually have your own classes, thanks for hanging out with us today. I'm mostly going to talk to you, and if your parents or aunts or uncles or friends want to listen, great. But I'm, I'm really talking to you today because we get a chance to do this just a few times a year. We are, are honored to have a diverse group of people who are a part of this church. And the Bible is really clear about giving honor to whom honor is due. There are people who are in our community who are worthy of respect, and we want to say, wow, Thank you, God, for putting that person in that place. And he's going to hate me, but frankly, I don't care. Uh, my good friend, Michael Marshman, you are here somewhere. I saw you walk in. Where are you, buddy? Um, I thought you were here. All right. So just everyone, let's make it really awkward. Just look around for a second. He's in the dark. But Michael Marshman was just installed in the last week as Portland's new chief of police. And so, yeah, it's a huge thank you. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so going to get arrested afterwards. It's going to be epic. Here I am, pastor chained up anyway. Uh, but we're, we are honored to, to have in our community someone who's just been serving for so long and is now being recognized as someone to, to lead the police force forward in protecting and caring uh, for the city of Portland. So um, I'm, just, I'm just grateful for what God's doing. All right, I want to pray and then... Uh, students, why don't you join me, and we're going to pray together, and then we're going to look at Proverbs 22, because there's something here written about you and your relationship with the people that God has put over you, all right? God, we love you. We thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. If we want to know what you're like, we can know because you sent your son. And thank you for his work and what he did on our behalf to set us free from our own selfishness and our own greed and our own wrongdoing and giving us the opportunity to live the way that you intended. And so as we open the words that you've written for us, open our eyes, so to speak, so that we can see what's right and good, and that we can actually do what's right and good, because we want to live in a way that pleases you. Help us, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, uh, students, we've been in a series, like you do, you do different stories every week. We've been looking for the last few weeks at something called wisdom. So this one's called Words to the Wise. And what we believe is that God has given us a book filled with things that are going to give us skill for life. So wisdom, students, is just the ability to live life well. There are many choices you can make, and you could do good with your life, or you could do not so good with your life. You never want to meet Michael Marshman, in one sense, chief of police. We, don't, we want to meet him with his uniform on. We want to do what's right and good and what honors God. And so what he's provided for us in the Bible are words that are filled with wisdom. So wisdom is simply growing and learning to live the way that God 
intended. And so what we've been doing every week is looking at some wise words and trying to figure out what that means for us. I picked a short one because usually when you're doing your story time, it's not very long. I want us to look at it all together. It's Proverbs 22. Some of you are there. If you don't have a Bible or an app for, to help, I did, I did put it on the screen. Proverbs 22 verse 6. And why don't we just do this? Let's just say it together. You ready? One, two, three. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. When I was growing up, there was a slightly different version of it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows up, he will not depart from it. Same thing. Start children off in the way that they should go. When they grow up, they won't turn from it. Now, if this sounds a little strange, we're going to try to figure out how do I read this entire book called Proverbs, 31 chapters of really short sayings. Now, if you lose me and just go to the Bible and keep reading, when you read before this and after this, it doesn't seem to be connected. Proverbs has these short poetic sayings that speak wise words. Now, this is like one of the most famous ones. That's why I wanted to look at it today. And today, all we want to do is try to understand how we gain wisdom from the book of Proverbs. The Bible is all profitable, and it's all to be read, but we don't read all of it the same way. The way Proverbs was written needs to be understood. So I want students, you, whenever you pick up Proverbs, to read two or three lines and understand, and adults too, how you can get what God is saying from just a few lines. Start off a child in the way they should go. When they grow up, they're not going to depart from it. I memorized this when I was a kid, and my parents would quote this every time we did something bad, which was often. Start off a child in the way he should go, Jose. And when you grow up, you won't depart from it. Almost like this hope-filled, if you are a parent. You have this hope and dream that if you love Jesus and you follow Jesus, your hope and dream is that your kids would too. Why? Not just because it's the right thing to do, because it's the best way to live. And when you really encounter Jesus... And his life is like interacting with your life and your space. And you're seeing him live his way through you. You want that for everyone, especially your kids. But the reality is this very proverb can be a discouragement. It can be a discouragement if you're a mom or a dad. And maybe your kid has grown up and they've gone out of the house. And you read this, starve a child in the way you should go. When they grow old, they will not turn from you. like, well, my son turned from Jesus. My daughter's not following Jesus. Who's to blame? Was I a bad parent? Because the Bible says, start a child in the way they will go, and they won't turn from it. How come that didn't work for me? And so this verse, while it's encouraging to some, has been a real source of discouragement to others. And what, what I want to do, students, is help you to understand what God is trying to say through this proverb so that you will live with wisdom, with skill, that you'll know the right and do the right and live out your life in a way that pleases God. Now, I want us to catch something about Proverbs first, and then we'll look at this verse. We'll come back to it. Two things you need to know about Proverbs and how this works. Number one, Proverbs are not promises. Proverbs are not meant to be an absolute promise for everyone at all times. Now, some of us take it because we see that there are promises in the Bible. 
Students, the Bible's full of promises for your life. I think of one, Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be rescued by him, will be saved. That means whether you're young or you're old, it means whether you live here in America or in Europe or in Africa, everyone who, who recognizes Jesus for who he is and says, I want to follow him, Jesus says, I'm going I'm to bring you in. I'm never going to push you away. That's a promise for everyone at all times. Jesus gave a promise. He told his disciples, in John 14, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. And you don't know right now the way to the go, but I am the way. And I'm going to go, but I'm going to come back so that you'll be with me. That's not a suggestion. It's actually a promise. Jesus did leave. He died. He rose again. And in a sense, we don't see him in the same way that we see each other. But he promised to return so that we would be with him. Not a suggestion. An absolute promise. But we have to remember when we read the Bible, it doesn't all read the same way. Proverbs are not promises. I just, I'll give you an example. I'll put it on the screen. Or if you want to flip there, Proverbs 10, verse 4. Keep your finger on Proverbs 22. We'll come back. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. This is a short saying. Students, a, a, a Proverbs is a short saying that looks at one idea from all sorts of angles. So what is it saying here? Lazy hands make you poor. Now, is that a promise? Does it promise if you're lazy, you'll be poor? And does it promise if your hands are diligent, you work hard, you'll be wealthy? I, I would say like, no, no, no. It's not a promise. It's a wise saying. A wise saying is true most of the time. I know people who are very, very, very hardworking but are not rich. And you know the same. You're like, that's me, right? <laughs> you work really hard. So uh, my hands are diligent, but I haven't gotten wealth. And then I know some wealthy people who are completely lazy. Maybe mom or dad or inheritance or them. someone else gave them or they started strong, but now they're just hanging out enjoying their cash, which is not bad. But it doesn't, so it's not a promise. It doesn't say everyone that works hard will be rich. And everyone that's lazy will be poor. But there is a principle. Students, hear me. Proverbs are full of these principles. Most of the time this works out. So what, wh why a proverb? Because it doesn't apply to all people the same way at all times. If you want to be wise, follow the path that has God's imprint. What is God saying here? If we are diligent, if we are not lazy, if if we work hard, if we give it our all, most of the time, that's going to lead to blessing. It may be material wealth. It may be, it may be good relationships and friendships. Whatever the case, most of the time when you work hard, it's going to pay off. Most of the time when you're lazy, it's not going to go well for you. So a proverb is true, but it's not, it's not a promise. Second thing, proverbs don't apply to all people at all times. Now this may sound confusing, students, but let me clarify. So there are lots of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of Proverbs in 31 chapters. They speak about all sorts of things. You just need to know some of them that you read don't apply to you right now, and some that you read will apply to you now or later. That's why we read all of them, because you never know when you need some wisdom, some skill. So let's look at the same one, Proverbs 10. Lazy hands make for poverty, Poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Okay, 
If you're 80 years old, this proverb might not apply to you in that stage of life. You see, you're probably done with most of your working. You probably are living off the result of what you've done for 60 years or so. And so lazy hands lead to poverty. At 80, that's probably not going to apply to you. In the same way, if you have a younger brother or sister who's two, it probably doesn't apply to them right now. Lazy hands, you lazy Lego player. I mean, it's just like, that's just, you know, come on, work hard. I'm trying. That, it's not meant for you yet. But the principle will apply to your life as you grow. If you choose to be lazy, it's probably going to take on a path you're going to regret. If you choose to work hard, it's probably going to take you to the place that you want to go. I just wanted to make that clear because some of, some of us, even moms and dads, we confuse promises with Proverbs. And we want to remember that God does give promises, but Proverbs are kind of special. They're words that can make us wise. So, all right, let's go back to Proverbs 22. Now we want to look at what this verse says and then three things that I can take from it no matter what your age is. You could be going into third grade in the fall or going into middle school or high school or college or maybe you're about to retire. All of this will apply, but let's just look at what it says first. A helpful quote on wisdom first. This is more for moms and dads to kind of figure out. Wisdom, then, it's not a matter of memorizing Proverbs and applying them mechanically and absolutely. Wisdom, and catch this line, is knowing the, the right time and the right circumstance to apply the right principle to the right person. What does that statement mean? It means that it's not about if I quote and memorize a proverb and say it enough times, it's going to come true. But rather, wisdom says, and when I learn the wisdom sayings, that there's a right time and a right person and a right place that these words might apply to, this is why we read the, the Bible often. And we encourage you, if, if you know how to read it all, read the Bible often because those words, when they get in your memory bank, those words, when they're in your mind, when you hit the right situation, you'll know the right thing to do. Now, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off in the way they should go. Even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Remember, this isn't a promise, but let's just look at what it says. It says, start children off. What does it mean to start? The Hebrew word is hanak, and it means train up or dedicate. This word that God uses is only used a couple of times in the Bible. And Solomon, who was very wise, used the word train, dedicate, start, when he built this big temple. There was a place where you would go to worship God. And when he built this big temple, a place where God would be honored, he hanaked it. He started it. He dedicated it. He sent it in a direction. He trained it. What does that mean? It means that just like Solomon built a building and said, this building has a purpose. There's a reason for it. This isn't a gym. This isn't a school. This isn't a cafeteria. This isn't a mall. This is a place that has a purpose. The purpose of this building is to come and meet with God. It's interesting. Solomon uses the same word when he talks about parents having kids. You see, young, young person, you were created by God to know God. You were created by the one who made the universe to live in a way that honors him. So your parents or grandparents or foster parents or whoever's raising you, 
This is what God says to them. If you want to be wise, just like a building was built to worship God, and so God has built you. Now, parents, start, like Solomon said, this is not an ordinary space. You're not an ordinary child. God has something for you. And so it's a parent's responsibility or an adult's responsibility to say, wow, this person is special because they were made by God for God. I want them to be dedicated to live their life in a way that pleases God. So start in a way that pleases God. All right, now it says, start them in the way that they should go. What does that mean? The word in, in, in Hebrew is direct, and it means path. Look at the verse right before this. If you want to know what, what the way they should go, it's actually defined in the verse before it. Verse 5. I'll throw it on the screen just in case uh, you're not turned there. It says, in the paths, but it's the same word in Hebrew, direct. In the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls, but those who would preserve their lives stay far from them. So there are paths or ways that aren't helpful. They're wicked. They're not good. But the wise person, what do they do? They, they save their life by staying far from there. All right. Let's just look at verse 6 again. Start or dedicate or train, push in the direction, kids, in the path that they should go. Uh, students, we've been saying it every week. Maybe you've missed it. But in life, Proverbs, wisdom always tells us there are two directions. There's the path of the wicked, the wrong, the evil, the non-good doers. And that path will lead you towards destruction. Students, hear me. The choices you make right now are defining your future. And the choices we make to honor God or ignore God will take us in a direction. And in life, we don't all end up in the same place. Many of us end up in the place we never wanted to be in. And Proverbs, wisdom, God tells us, you don't have to go down that path. There's the path of the right. There's the path of the good. There's the path of the righteous. And that path always leads to life, always. So wisdom is saying, start. If you're a parent, start, initiate, recognize that God has given you a gift. And these children can be dedicated, set aside, seen as valuable, and they can be pointed in the direction, in the path of life. Start a child off in the way they should go, and when they grow up, they will not turn from it. Now, i got to say this again. It's not a promise. See, students, young people, right now you're living under someone's like, care. They make most of the rules. You have like this much control over your world, Right? which flavor of bubble gum or which soda to drink. But mom and dad say a lot about your life right now. But know this, if you choose to learn God's ways early on, when you grow up, you too can choose to continue on that path that leads to life. And I think that's what this proverb is all about. Two paths, one of the wrong and it leads to pain and one of the right that leads to life. Doesn't mean you won't make mistakes in life. We all make mistakes. But every day when we're aware of where we're at, we can choose once again, man, I'm, not, I'm on the wrong path. I can choose to get on the right path. I can live in a way that honors God. You can too. And moms and dads, if that applies to you, fantastic. 
but I especially want to speak to all my young friends here. Your choices matter. And when you find out what God has said and you choose to go in his way, it will always be better for you, always. It won't always be easy, but it'll always be better. Now, three things that I said, that, that three dimensions, three ways we can look at the same verse, kind of three angles on it, and I want to do them quickly. Number one, learn God's ways. Learn them. You see, this makes an assumption. Start off a child in the path, in the way that they should go. It means that we, it's not automatic. And so we're very serious as a church about learning what God has said because many of us assume we know what God wants for our life. And we get wisdom, we get skill from all sorts of places. We get it from magazines, we get it from websites, we get it from people we need to remind ourselves a lot of what God says is countercultural to the wisdom of the culture that we live in. And so I want to remind you, be a lifelong learner. Always learn God's ways. As a church, we're here to help people experience life in Jesus. We're all about helping people. So if you find yourself in a place, whether you're young or old, you're like, man, I want to grow. I want to know what God says. You've come to the right place. We're here. We're here to serve. We're here for you. And if you're young, there's a path for you. On Sundays, normally you're, you're in a class. It's an opportunity for you to learn God's ways. If you're a middle schooler or a high schooler, we purposely want you here in the gathering. Like, well, why don't we have a class? Because you're growing in your mind and your soul and your thinking and your feeling, and you are asking good questions. And we want to see those answered. So we have you here on Sundays, but we do have a spot for you Wednesday nights. We meet here in, over on the side. And if you're a middle schooler or a high schooler, if you want to grow this year and be wise, dedicate Wednesday nights to join some other people who are your age. Make friendships that will last maybe for a lifetime. I still have friends uh, now that I started this friendship in high school. And that could be your experience, possibly. Grow, ask questions, seek God. Don't ignore him. Learn God's Ways, if you're, uh, if you're a family or you just you, know, you say, well, I'm not in school anymore, join one of our sunset communities. The goal of them, every one of them is different. They're not perfect, not one, although they seemed almost perfect here. But I'm going to make an assumption. Even they have a bad day, all right? None of them are perfect. But the, the path of the wise is the path that's, that's gone together. Wise people, in the counsel of many, there is wisdom, the Proverbs say. Don't go it alone. If you love Jesus or want to love him, don't try to do it by yourself. Go together. So join one of the communities. If you're not in one, just ask. We have what we call life-on-life -life mentoring. Uh, Mike and Chris Akinson. I, I, I think here, I'm, I'm putting people on the spot. It's Sunday. What do you, why not? If, if you wouldn't mind standing, if you would, you're lovely people, and we can't see you right now. Even Mike, don't be rebellious. Wisdom says get up. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, so Mike and Chris Akinson, now... Not only have they been educators, you can, you can sit down, sorry, sorry about that. They, they, they did their career in education, but you know, they, they've dedicated their life to help people mentor others. So if you say, I'm 20-something, and I could just, I could use a, someone to talk to and bounce ideas off of, and I'm not looking for much, but just someone who's maybe gone a little further and done a little more, we have what we call life-on-life -life mentoring. You can connect with them. We have a team of mentors who are waiting to serve you. And listen to your story and be of help. My point is, learn God's ways. 
Sunday is a help. But friend, if this is your only exposure to God, God help you. If this is your only exposure to Jesus, oh man, that is not the path of wisdom. Join some other people. Find the help that you need. And we, want, we are here to serve you. Just ask. All right, second thing. Learn how God has shaped you. Learn how God... Start children off on the way, catch this, that they should go. You see, students, you are not like anyone else in that God has put some stuff in you that others may not appreciate or be able to do. I've got two kids, same mom and dad, same fantastic household to be brought up in, in my opinion, and yet they're completely different. They're, they're not the same, and so we don't parent them the same. You see, there's a shape, there, there's a way that God made you, and there's a trajectory, there's a place that God is pushing you towards, and it may be in sports, and it may be in the arts, and it may be in medicine, or it may be in law, or it may be in education. A fancy term you may hear later on is God has a vocation for everyone, not a vacation, a, vo a vocation. It's just a fancy word of saying God has put some stuff in you, and he wants to set you loose because he's put it in you to bless, help, care for other people. So thank God for Michael, who's, it's not just his job, it's his calling, it's his vocation to serve the public. And he's done it for so many years, and now he's able to be the chief of police. We have teachers in here that it's their vocation. Mine is in this area. I hope I'm decent at it. I love it. It's my passion, and I think it's helpful. So my vocation is teaching, right? This is what I get excited about every week. Cheryl Wardell is, is leading a team to Uganda right now. Her vocation is teaching, but it's through PE, like best class ever. She's a PE teacher, and she's fantastic at it. She's at Bonnie Slope Elementary, and so much so, she became, a couple of years ago, she was nominated for this area Teacher of the Year, and she was nationally recognized as a fantastic PE teacher. But you know what? It's not about just getting a job. Her calling is to impart, to, to share with others. Now, my angle is the Bible. Her angle is through physical education. Whose is more important? Wrong question. See, the expression is different. For her right now, she's loving kids who are orphans, don't have a mom and dad in Uganda. On Wednesday nights when she's in town, Cheryl is here investing in our middle school and high school students. You see, every one of us, boys and girls and men and women, we all have a, a, a calling from God. And I want you to know this, students. Part of our role here as a church is to set you loose to, to pursue the things that God's calling you to do. You don't have to wait till you're 25 and get out of school or whatever to serve God. You can serve God now, and we have our eye on you. Not in a freaky way, calm down. Like, we're not staring at you, but we're looking at your life, and we're looking to see what God has done so that we can set you free to serve. If you're young here, you can serve here. If you're young here, you're valuable here. If you're young here, we want you to help lead the way in helping people experience life in Jesus, which is why we have you here this weekend. Proverbs 22.6, start off a child in the way they will go, and when they grow up, they won't, they won't turn from the path. All right, third thing and we're done. Uh, learn good habits early. Now, whether you're young or you're old, I think this applies to everybody. 
Wisdom says, start off a child, or it could mean a youth, it could mean an adolescent. The term is meant for someone who's not yet seen in the community as a full adult. Start them off in the trajectory that they should go. They're, they're calling. Start them off in the way they should go, the path that leads to life, the path of God. But it also implies start off right, learn some good habits early. Students, that's why, you're wondering, why do they do P.E.? Every year, as you grow in school, you won't have the same classes. When you get to middle school and high school and to college, your class is going to change. But for some reason, there's P.E. every year. Why do they do that? Number one, because you're antsy and your parents pump you with sugar, and so they need to get it out so that your brain will work, right? That, but more than that, P.E. is there every year. Here's why. Studies have shown if you learn good exercise habits early, it's a better chance of you being a healthy adult living longer, living stronger, living a better, healthy life. So they don't wait until you grow up to say you should exercise. Good, wise people say you should learn exercise and health and care for yourself at a young age. Start off good habits young, and when you grow up, you have a better chance of keeping those good habits. So PE is a helpful tool. Can I just suggest... In the same way, learning good spiritual habits early. God wants to meet with you. That sounds like too big to be true. But we firmly believe, students, young people, and moms and dads, that you were created by God for God. So there's a time and a place every day that God wants to meet with you, like in the real world, and talk about real stuff that you're really going through. And he wants to meet with you. And I believe that you can be seven, eight, ten years old and understand what God is saying. In your own way. And so if that is true, I'm encouraging you, start good habits early. Every day, start your day. God, thank you for the morning. Thank you for breakfast. Thank you for this place. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. And I want to meet with you today. Read the Bible. Some of it, students, is going to take a long time to figure out, and that's all right. Ask good questions, and you can get your answers and if you're already an adult, can I just say, it's never too late to start. You say, well, I'm, I'm like 50 and I, I've not really been a churchgoer. It's never too late to become like a child. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you'll never enter the, to the kingdom of God. It begins when we humble ourselves and say, God, you made me. I want to be on your path. So what does God have for your future? Talk with him today about it. Talk with him tomorrow about it. And if you're faithful in the small, God will add things in your life. As a matter of fact, a wise saying from Jesus in Luke's gospel, chapter 16. I'll put it on the screen. Verse 10. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Every person has been given an opportunity. Jesus puts it this way. I'm going to start with small. I want to meet with you today. And those who are dishonest, those who don't care, those who ignore God, it's hard for God to trust you with much if you're not faithful with little. So my friends, whether you're 10 or you're 75, God has already graced you with something. Now everyone needs to choose to follow the path of faithfulness. Here's what wisdom says. Which path are you on right now? 
If you're a young person, are you, are you on the path where you're just doing your own thing, your own way? Or would you rather be on the path that God has laid out for you, the path that's right, the path that's good? Kids, start off a child in the way they will grow. When they grow up, they won't depart from it. From it is not a promise and a guarantee. I'm grateful. Someone told me when I was still young, it's possible to ruin your life. It's possible to ignore God with your life and end up with circumstances that you never imagined. But on the positive side, when you're young, you could choose to follow God. And I would just invite you, young people, no matter what your age, if you know one thing about Jesus to be true, follow that. If you realize that he is God's son and he does love you and he came and died and rose again to give you life, then follow him. Jesus is the way. Those who are faithful over little will be faithful over much. Start following Jesus today and you never know where God may take you. Which path are you on? Today is an opportunity, whether you feel like you're far from God or feel like you're close to God, to take one more step in his direction. We're going to celebrate in a couple of moments a few people taking a big step. Uh, baptism in water is this huge public statement to the people around you that you have become a follower in Jesus. We know of at least three people who say, you know what, I love Jesus, I'm following him, and I want everyone in the church to know it. And after a few songs and we go to the table to eat from the bread and drink from the cup, uh, we're going to celebrate baptism. If you're here today... You say, I've already trusted Jesus. I've started following him or I want to today. Can I encourage you, when they go over, and we'll tell them when to, when they go over uh, towards the water, if you need to follow Jesus in baptism, why not today? If you've not yet started following him, why not today? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to transition. Uh, the band's going to come and we're going to sing. And in a few moments, we're going to go and we're going to grab the bread and the cup and remember what Jesus has done. But before we do that, as we pray, let me just ask again, which path are you on? And if you know in your heart that there's some things that are not right between you and God, here's the perfect place, the perfect time, the perfect space for you to say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I admit that I've done wrong and I regret it, but I want to go your way. I want to know your truth. I want to follow your path. Jesus, forgive me, change me. Lead me, guide me, love me. And that's exactly what he'll do. All right, why don't we pray together? I'm gonna to close my eyes. I invite you to do the same because when I close my eyes, I'm not distracted by people around me. It doesn't make you closer to Jesus, but it, it tunes everyone else out. And uh, students, I'm gonna be silent for a moment and I'm gonna give you a chance and the rest of us can do that as well. If you know that there's something that's not right between you and God, tell him about it. Just be honest. He already knows it. But he loves it when his kids come to him with honesty and say, I'm sorry. And Jesus, and Jesus alone will forgive. He'll do it this morning.